I said, what you know about it? It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello, you're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Say hello, Andre Conaparo. Hello. Food podcast. We have one guest today. Um, no stranger to iTunes slash podcast. Scott Mosier. Say hello. 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 <laughs> I have a feel, feeling that you and I might be in the same register. Yeah, we're going to have to... Yeah. I can go up. I'll pan left, and then, you'll pan right. Yeah. Are we going to hit in harmonies today? And I'll just say, I'll do like Tourette's. <laughs> so everyone's... Okay, Scott, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott Mosier is known for a lot of different things in the movie world, production, yeah. editing, directing, editing, writing starring, stuff, writing. St- lots of starring. You also huge on, acting career. Yeah, mostly acting. <laughs> mostly acting in films. Nobody's He's one seen. of the top ten actors of all time. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so according to AMC's recent poll. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't subscribe to IMDb, but I'm pretty sure that's what it says. <laughs> um, and also, no stranger to podcasting. You do. You have done Kevin Smith Smodcast yeah. with him for many a year. Yeah, so I think it was seven years this yeah. year or eight years or That's something like that. Early in the Same. podcasting game. We were. Wow. We are early adopters. So Pioneers you, on the podcast landscape. But for a guy who's been on and is involved in the podcasting world so much, you're a very unpodcasty bro. And I mean that in a good way. Oh, okay. I don't have that podcasty vibe. Yeah. Just, I guess that's a thing now at this point. It kind of is. Like how like if you meet a stand-up comedian, they'll have like a certain kind of vibe. Yeah, it might, or it might not be awesome. The vibe of the podcasty thing. Yeah, just like hey, that's up. I do a podcast kind of thing. You oh, know? really? Have you had been approached by somebody like that? I'm I'm worried that I am that yeah, person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, podcasts are here, guys. They're here to stay. But I'm enough, totally here to stay. Enough on that. Um, this is a food podcast. A food yes. podcast. Rest in peace, Chris Stewart, who's not here with us. My today. brother could not be here today. He's working. We, I'm recording four pods in two days this weekend. It's like you've lost a bet. Are you doing just this one, or are you doing... I'm doing two stews and two tall tales this weekend. Wow. Woo! So we got a guest like you. We got a strike while the iron's hot, Scott. It's true. Yeah, well, we are, and there is something very fresh to talk about. That's right. There's uh, an experience that yeah. Andre and I shared. A very close experience. <laughs> yes. Sleeping together two nights yeah. in a tent. Surrounded by food and meat. meat. Yeah, we, we brought you on today because you and Andre went on the Bell Campo Meat Company Meat Retreat. Yes. They should call it the meat retreat. Meat retreat's better than meat yeah. camp. It's called meat camp. <laughs> meat camp. It is literally called meat camp. It is branded as meat camp. We have hats and notebooks that say meat camp. This yeah. is not... Meat retreat. This, yeah, this is not a colloquialism that You're we are sitting on gold with. with meat retreat. Yeah. Yeah. We could start one just next door. But it is very... <laughs> like just across the street from them. But meat camp is very accurate to what we did. It is meat camp. It, it's Because like, it, meat retreat is a little less... Um, it's a little less snarky and funny, like 
I don't know. I, I feel like when you say meat retreat, it doesn't describe sleeping in tents at the base of Mount Shasta. It sounds a little more leisurely farm. and yes. vacation-y than what you guys yeah. did. Well, to be to to back up, Belcampo is a butcher shop, restaurant, and also a full. Meat, full, full farm. That full we've, farm. We've and talked about a few times, but, even before I knew about Meat Camp. I think yeah. we've all been big fans of Bill Camp. And they're they're here in California, Northern California. They have a bunch of locations all over. You know, a lot of people think they're the best uh, meat meat makers and meat sellers and meat raisers. They out don't right now. sell anything that they don't raise and slaughter themselves. <laughs> so everything in their case is coming straight from their farms. They so don't yeah. raise. You don't sourced. raise. Everything certified <laughs> organic and certified humane. Certified um, expensive, but certified worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is it is expensive, but I noticed... Well, anyways, yeah, we'll get into that, too. It is expensive. It is yes. not cheap. For, for the premium cuts. But, you know... There's as, a lot of workable meats that are under $8 a pound there. Stew meats. Yes. Um, workable meaning it takes... You have to chew it a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like gum. It's, it's, like a, it's like a type of gum meat. If you're not going for like a... How much for gum meat? <laughs> I just came from the dentist. He yeah. gave me the thumbs up. I can get into it. How much you just got to pay for shipping, you? and yeah. we'll give it to you. <laughs> but as the as the trend that's sort of going around, and it's also that you've been championing is you know having treating meat as as it was back in the day as a special occasion ingredient. A a treat, not even a once a week thing. Something, yes. Red meat didn't even happen once a week. Yes, I mean, yeah, I didn't have it when I was growing up. It's not something that really should be consumed in mass quantities. And if you are going to eat it, it's much wiser for the environment and for your body and for your taste buds to get a little bit nicer quality, maybe a smaller portion. And really put the time and work into cooking that perfectly and enjoying it. All of these with your friends and family. Scott's giving I'd two totally thumbs agree. up. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to go buy a one-pound ribeye at Trader Joe's for eight dollars. No, that's going to cook up like shit, and you're not going to be able to good good sear on it, and it's going to be watery and gray, and and you're going to eat three quarters of it and just be kind of over it. It's better to get a really nice quality, smaller cut, thicker, and cook it up perfectly. And the higher the quality, the easier it is to cook better. Absolutely. Yeah, you really uh, savor it and enjoy it. You're safer to overcook. It's like drugs. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. You Don't want do the best drugs day. possible. No. Your life will go down the drain. But do it every other day. Don't do black oh, tar. <laughs> Don't do black tar every couple times a week. Do the really good Get shit. Get the real good stuff on your birthday. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? It's all, it only makes Fucking sense. Magic. But um, <laughs> Let me borrow your, your belt right now, Scott. I got <laughs> just reminded me of something. Does this happen every fucking podcast, Scott? You got to tie off? Tie off. You got to yeah. make it 10 minutes. That's how, that's how it gets good. <laughs> the stew will be right back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> um, so They say, you know, when they, they, they do all those studies of, like, they call them blue zones. Those blue zone? Blue zones are like um, those, uh, I mean, they're not even necessarily countries, but regions of the regions, world yeah. that are like, I mean, Okinawa, uh, Sardinia. Um, I think there's a part in Greece that they use an example. Yeah. That sort of, no. What happens in the blue zone? I've never heard so of So a blue, blue zone are people that... You uh, get so no cell reception? You get no cell reception. <laughs> you don't eat a lot of meat. Oh, uh, got it, got it, got they it. Have gum, they have gum. <laughs> pork gum. Um, sturgeon gum. Sturgeon so gum. Oh, sturgeon gum. Um, 
but they it's basically uh, uh, regions that were studied because of their high life. Uh, there's they have the highest number of um, centarians, like people that live mm-hmm. to be over a hundred. Um, they have you know lowest rates of like cancer and heart disease and all the rest of the stuff. So there's there's like there's even a place in the United States. I think it's somewhere around Virginia or something. Yeah. And really? yeah, they've been studied and they study their diet and their activity. And diet isn't the only thing. Yeah. But um, definitely diet is a big part of it. That generally speaking, they eat a plant-based diet. It doesn't mean that they don't eat meat, but if they do eat meat, it's it's in free, you know, it's it is on a special occasion or something mm-hmm. like that. It's not like a daily thing that they're consuming meat. And is that that's and that's not necessarily because they can't afford it. It's just because uh, that's, a that's how they do it. Or maybe a little bit of that. It's yeah. a mix. I think it's one of those things that developed and stayed culturally significant where yeah. in these areas they're they're fairly remote and you know, whether it was a cost issue at one point, it just became the cultural norm to yeah. eat that way and stayed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, McDonald's, Okinawa. McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken aren't flooding in there. And there's like, not. There's not like Kentucky this. Fried Sardinia. There's <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky Fried Sardine sounds pretty pretty damn good though. I would, yeah, I mean, it's been a big. It's been a really interesting study, and also a big part of that too, right? Is that their lives aren't sedentary, so they've got a yeah. There's a multiple the, factors, but yeah. definitely diet, <clears throat> huge one, does attribute to and and, the, and and like I said, it's not that they don't eat some meat. They just don't consume it on a daily basis. They're not munching meat on the reg. No. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said on the reg. I'm like, yes. <laughs> when women are <laughs> having that time, they eat nothing but meat. There's no there's no beef sticks at the at the gas station on the way out yeah. the door. Right, they were just walking through town. But part of it's they're very active. Generally, they all keep gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're creating their own produce, and then you know they also. It's that thing. They don't go to gyms and shit like that. It's like they're just very, like they live very active. Walking around, they're walking around, planting shit. They're they're working around the house. Yeah, and then every once in a while, have a steak and a beer, shot in a beer, fucking boom, shot in a beer special. Okay, good. And if we all adapted a little bit of that, I'm trying to do that right now. Yep. Yep. You know, feels good for the body. You're, you're creating your own blue zone inside yourself. <laughs> We've been following one single man blue zone. Yeah. Yeah. Atwater Village is going to be the new blue, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely not going to be the new blue. <laughs> but there's different. There's our house, di- though. Maybe there are there are uh, towns and stuff in the United States that are trying to adapt um, blue zone sort of like. Um, not restrictions like it's not like Nazi Germany where you mm-hmm. fucking shoot people for eating meat or just those practices. Yeah, they're trying to adapt those practices, especially in areas where they have obesity and stuff like that. Just living next to the sizzler here in gun shops, yeah. go off in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a blue zone sizzler. <laughs> <laughs> you go in, they just shoot you in the head. Sales yeah, exactly. are low. Sales yeah. are you very failed, low. Sucks. You failed the test by coming in here. <laughs> this sizzler sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Ten minutes in, and we're already inspired, listeners. That's you, right. You hear yeah. this, mom? But all of our moms. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so Belcampo, back to Belcampo. They back do Belcampo. they do a meat camp where, for a decent chunk of change, but for what you get, not really that much. It's a good value. Absolutely good. Value. You get to go up to their their farm and ranch in Northern California. Yep. Camp it's from, it's it's a ways. It's like. It's right Pretty by Mount far. Shasta, so yeah, it's right like, before the border. I mean, as far north like, California as you can go, practically. Yeah, you're way up there, so it's like 
three and a half to four Eureka hours country? north of Sacramento. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I've you're never near Weed. That far. You're basically just near. You're right around right. just past Wire- Weed between Weed and Wairika, which is like yeah. on a windy day. Yeah. You can piss on Oregon. <laughs> it was yes. six. It was six. Uh, it was six hours from Monterey. From Monterey, yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Five from San Jose. I mean, it was a drive. Yeah, but yeah. worth. But I mean, it's like it was one of those things we were talking about it there, and it's. Well, we didn't know. You know, technically, we didn't know it was worth it. Right. Sure. <laughs> for the six hours, you rolled headed the up there, yeah. But it was when we got there, and, and we started talking. You know, the fun part was also discussing it while we were there and, and what we thought. But it's one of those things where it is inconvenient. But once you kind of you go all in, it's so nice to be that far removed as well. And it's you part of the that. experience. Yeah, and you forget that you can only really experience that. You can't really imagine that in your head as well as you can imagine how annoying it's going to be driving twelve hours from LA to get there over two days. Mm-hmm. That's very tangible. It makes you hungry. Yeah, it does make <laughs> you <laughs> hungry. Which is a, a benefit. At the of very it. least, it makes, it makes you makes very you hungry. hungry. We definitely did a good job of not eating for like a day. Which I would, I would definitely there. recommend. Yeah. I'm like, just go off of. Oh. Just like six day hunger strike. When yeah. you when you it see can. the in and out in Barstow, just keep just going. Skip just it. keep driving. <clears throat> because as soon as you get there, I mean as soon as you get there, um I mean when we got there, so you we don't pulled, even look at pea soup Andersons. No. Right, right past it. And I like that split pea too. <laughs> I haven't had that since I was like it's not bad. eleven. It's not bad. It's better than stopping Not because I'm like actively avoiding it, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't make a stand. You've been a pea hater for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Lost a fight with a split pea soup once and never looked back. So, so I saw you... a guy coming in a split pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> never the same. Anderson. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> oh, <did I> <laughs> no, all that, fine, all fine. that, <laughs> <laughs> all that equity we earned early on with the blue zone. I've lost with yeah. one jizz joke. Here. It's yeah. Sorry. No, it's 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 whenever it's a food podcast, so probably. Yeah, that's Shouldn't something talk that about I'm conscious about when fluids. I'm doing this compared to my other podcasts. Gotcha. Where you really let it fly. Yeah. Um, this one, I know that there's a lot of moms and housewives and older Predominantly, people. Predominantly, probably. Yeah, yeah. That's a big part of the demo. Uh, so, you know. Shocked out of their right. normal daily routine. So I don't like to work blue. Okay. I'll we'll call know, back. I'll find. <laughs> we'll make an exception. But, but no, yeah. we we work. I mean, we're also we work America's work. bad boy food podcast. Yeah. So uh, we, okay, That's we right. have to say the S H I T word sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but not the C U M word. <laughs> 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 there's a <clears throat> once in a while. There's a little difference. Once if we could, if we could, was tone... I by the first or somebody done it before? I just wanted to have one thing. An award. Well, I get a ribbon for. It's twice now. Okay, you well, said I spelled it. And you spelled it. it. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's educational. <laughs> um, so you go up to this camp, top of California. Yep. And you bring your own camping equipment. Nope. No. No. no they no. have it all provided. Yeah. yeah. It's glamping. It's like yeah. the whole. Oh, it's, it's full thing. glamp. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. I would say it's 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 or it's not full glamp. Yeah, I wouldn't go full where it's okay. like it's like they didn't have Wi-Fi. They had Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. Well, there's a there's a cell signal too. Yeah, there's cell reception. So you're not okay. Yep. Yeah, you're not like totally. So cut it's not off a from full crazy glam. It's like, like a there's, cow, no. there's like a cowskin rug inside. The they didn't have room service. We had no, uh, okay. not that you needed it. Right. You never needed to. You, you never went oh back gosh, to your tent no. feeling like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I need to get some food. Like, do you guys have a you Monte know. Cristo on the menu? <laughs> like we were so I mean, full. It was that. Uh, it was. I mean, definitely, like, every time you got full, there was something else coming out. And I just kept saying, like, well, I could not eat later. 
Yeah, that was like the rule. Of thumb. <laughs> like no, but we we didn't make ourselves sick. But at one of those times where you're like, oh, I'm full. I definitely don't need to eat. You tried anything that was coming out. Yeah, it was all pretty phenomenal. I'm yeah. sure it's a little bit of you're out there. There's nothing else to do but eat. A, B, <laughs> you're trying to get your money's worth. Yeah. And see the quality of the food coming out was so quality stellar food, that you, sure. you'd be yeah. a fool not to try. And you're, you are active, like you were, yeah. like moving around from the moment you, you get up. Not, you don't really sit at all unless you're eating because you're cooking, you're learning, and that's the other thing too is you're invested in a lot of the meals coming out because you've cooked them and prepared them that day. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're like some charcuterie pairings and things that obviously we had nothing to do with, considering they some of those whole muscle charcuteries are aging for yeah. six months or two years, but. For the most part, it's like, oh, I have to try that that we just made, and we, mm-hmm. you know, and you're yeah, you're moving around, you're standing on your feet, you're cooking, you're you're butchering. It's more active. Yeah, I, I was more active than generally I would be at all. Mm. Yeah, on sure. a on an hour by hour basis, you're you're kind of going, going, going. That's right. um, in a very comfortable way. Yeah, not like they're not like they you're don't, not sweating. They're not yelling, yelling at you. At you. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do dishes for four hours. No, not at all. Well, what it is too is you're also so engaged by everything that's going on because there's so much really interesting information coming at you, whether it's butchery or cooking, or just describing how sustainable the farm is, how they raise the animals, how they you know pasture transfer them, all these things that they do there. You kind of you're just never bored, and bored is when you realize you're tired or you're, yeah. you know, whatever it is. You're just so engaged the whole time that you just sleep well at night, and you know. And they had boot camp and yoga in the morning each morning and in the afternoon, optional. So yeah. it's like they let you try and you burn sweat off it a little, out bit a little too, bit. which was great. Did you guys get to kill any live animals? No, no, no. I mean, no that's not the point or offered. Yeah, um, just a, just they're a pros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pros. No, they don't they're, like, like they're not they're not interested in us. I think seeing the amateur do it. Right. I also I'm, think they're probably trying to weed those people out. Like we were making jokes the whole time. Like the guy who shows up and he's like, uh, "When so, do we get to kill the animals?" Start killing the animals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that's the person I think they. Yeah, don't. you don't Put want down like, some real coin here. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah, kill yeah, some yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, but I mean, the, just to really set the stage, like you pull up and there's you're right off the road. Like the tents are kind of there, and then there's kind of a barn, like probably about forty feet, fifty yeah. feet off the road. It's like redone, and there's a, there's two kitchens in it. There's like a full kitchen inside, there's a full enclosed legal prep kitchen. Yeah, in the sense that like it's you know I'm sure it's food food certified for preparation for large groups. It's exactly. really for cooking. I mean the yeah. the one that's in the barn. There's like a bar, and then there's also like a big prep table and an oven and sinks and stuff. Yeah. It's really more for teaching classes. Yeah, but we got there late, and everyone else you can if you get there early. Uh, go to the processing plant, uh, but we were late. Well, we had so a we didn't we had like a, the arrival window was one to three, and if you could yeah. get there at one, you get a you yeah. get a tour. But like, we couldn't physically do it the way the flights worked mm-hmm. out. But we did get to get there, and as soon as you get there, we walked through, and um, they they already were um, cooking these goat legs, these like quarters, quarters on swords, yeah, over. Coal. Over coal, like right on the ground, and then some big squash, like that they had laying right on the coals. Yeah, mm-hmm. directly just sitting in the ash. And so it was a goat leg quarter. Yeah, just speared with a sword. Yeah, four and, of them. And they had stuck straight into the ground, leaning. Yeah, yeah but basically at the, an angle. Picture like a 
like a tent kind of tent skeleton. So there's one long bar right. sitting in there. So there's kind of leaning against that. They weren't stabbed in the ground because they wa- you wanted an angle over the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just charcoal right on the ground. Wood. It's like so wood. The, so a huge part of the farm or a huge part of the cooking area and cooking experience are these fuel boxes, which are basically just rectangular uh, boxes with grates lifted for a little air circulation underneath, but you never stop burning wood the entire time you're there because all your coals yeah. you're making are just from from wood. From uh, so it, you can't. It takes a long time to get that fuel made, so you have to have it constantly going. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's just a big black hot box that you put fresh lumber into. Multiple it, ones, just yeah. a bunch in there. And you're, using kind of shovels or different tools to kind of hit them, knock ash and charcoal underneath the grate, scooping that, adding that whenever you need it. To maintain whatever temperature you're trying to maintain. But it's just Mm. like fires everywhere. Yeah. They also did this thing. So we got there and the goat was cooking, and it was low. Like that was kind of the surprising thing is if you put your hand, it's all like kind of, I think that's the biggest thing you have to learn is like, your hand as temperature gauge yeah like for how hot the coals are and you also have to do a lot of five second rule the five second rule and also moving it if you have a large surface it's like you'll get dead spots mm-hmm. like it'll look like it's it's good but you'll it'll just have burnt out mm-hmm. um but the goat was cooking and then they'd done this thing with like a um a stump like a that was this is going to be hard to describe, but it was yeah. probably the coolest thing. It but was think about like nuts. a think about like like three feet high, so the base of a tree, like a stump, cut at the bottom, mm-hmm. like a uh, foot circumference or like a foot and, feet, a half, foot and a half or whatever, like okay. at the top. And so then what they did is flat top, and then a, you take like a chainsaw and make cuts from the top to about a th- two thirds of the way down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do these cuts, like probably about eight of them, and then, and then they drop like a it was like pine tar yeah, pine and pitch. and needles and stuff like that into it, and then they light it on fire. And by the time we got there, it had already been burning, but it it creates almost like a like an element, like a, on a your perfect st- bowl shape. Like it burns red hot coals in like a circle going down, rounding to the bottom that looked exactly like kind of a wok burner. Yeah, you know where it's Whoa. like flames are pumping out. You could rest a perfect cast iron pan in the middle of it, and it's just a stump. That's it. No added coals, yeah. no added fuel. They don't it's touch it after they light it. Burning down, and it and, just keeps burning. And that's what they use to um, deep to deep fry. Yeah, they put wow. It, yeah, it was amazing. So they just light one tree stump in this special scientific way hit it with the pine tar to kind of feels i mean yeah. slow the burning feels process kind of unscientific but yeah. based in science but yeah but in a very no yeah, yeah. a calculated way to yeah. do a, yes. and how Absolutely. long does this stump burn hot for it burned for hours, hours like hours like we got there and it had probably been going for a few hours and it pretty much burned I don't know. Like there was a certain point where the, you know, the from where you've made the cuts with the chainsaw, the pieces start to get too small and it's not going to support anything. Mm-hmm. But it was like it, was, it had to be like six, seven, eight hours or more. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a long still, time. It wasn't yeah. usable to cook with by the time we were eating dinner necessarily, but it was still burning down. Mm-hmm. And when we came back the next morning, it was almost like a sculpture. It had gone almost yeah. completely down. It looked kind of like a strone head. Turned into kinda. art. Yeah. It was, it so was then you just it was a trip. have like a big cast iron Dutch oven that you put yep, on top of it exactly. filled with oil for deep frying. Yep. 
to and it me, was hot as shit. It was like, kind of like that was one of the things where it's like, okay, how do you control the temperature on this? Because that one's a real hard one. So they're like, well, you kind of let it burn down, and there's some trial and error, and you burn things. And yeah. it's kind of like it's not – it's one of those ways where it may not be the most efficient way to cook, but the experience of it is – It's a fun way unmatched. to cook. It's an absolutely fun way to cook. Right. And I think if you did really want to learn how to do that, it's like – I would don't know if I would buy Bell Combo meat, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> to sort of like to do the trial and error of like yes. trying to really learn how to like. Well, they to were do the temperature stuff. Like wash blossoms, and they're doing some fritters and doing yeah. a few mm-hmm. different things here and there. Yeah, that kind of practice is usually the most rewarding if you can pull it off. Like yeah. fly fishing, or yeah, you know, like. Rock climbing without a rope or fixed gear, bike riding, like all the all those things. The harder way to do it, but if you can, then you're really in 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 touch, and you're you're kind of like you're it's, harnessing the energy and the soul of it all. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's more rewarding. You should work for them. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm into all that stuff. It was really it was that was just fun. And then so the goats are out there, and which are lean, but you could see that. It, there was like fat dripping off of them. Yeah, there's and they the cooked them. To render, and then you could see how crispy the skin was. And I think it, it was like it already been on for an hour yeah. or more before we got there, and it cooked for hours and hours longer. They did finish it with they got some really hot coals and pulled them out and put them on a like a a grate really yeah, close like to the coals to inch over the coals just to super to really crisp finish the skin. Yeah, and it was fucking great. It was really good. How they long also did it take to cook? It must have been like six hours, six or seven six. hours. Yeah, it was windy, which is like you know the elements come mm-hmm. into play. So like, yeah, this is it, obviously on a completely and wind un- is not your friend in this situation. Wind makes it wind. The you know you're burning wood a lot faster, and I think hotter. It's hard. Faster. It's a little bit hotter, harder to control your temperature because mm-hmm. you've got wind. It's like golf, baby. Yeah. And this is basically like golf. mostly in an obscured field, too. So it's like, doesn't matter even, except for being covered behind from the barn a little bit. Any direction wind's blowing, you're catching all yeah. of it, and it's going right over the coals. And so while we were waiting for that to happen, they then threw on some sweetbreads. Yeah. Some big honking sweetbreads. Sweet like about like they look like giant apple fritters. They were big. Yeah. Okay. So not not a cut down sweetbread. No, no, no. These were like whole. They were whole, big, huge sweetbreads. For our listeners at home, a sweetbread, it's like the kind of like the pancreas, pancreas. gland of an pancreas. animal that that's right. It sort of looks like a brain almost. It does. It's a yeah. Delicacy that's not I mean there's there's not a lot of ways to cook it for the most part. I mean, in general when you eat it in fine dining, it's always poached and then deep fried you know and it's got yeah. but it's it, it, yeah usually when you the, get at a restaurant it's kind of like a battered and fried like a little weird fried chicken yeah it's like a really f- like i was in paris texture i was in paris and my wife is not a big meat eater and she does not like sweetbreads but i was in paris and we were at this restaurant and they had it and it was deep fried but it tasted like the most amazing chicken mcnugget you've ever <laughs> had in your life like, and you also that was part of a that was part of a tasting menu. So yeah, it's yeah. not like you even ordered it and just kind of No, came it just out, popped you know. out. And she was not and she even for her to say she really liked it was a lot. Me saying I really liked it wasn't a huge stretch, right. but 
even she had to admit. Done properly. Done so, properly. So, so how did they them, do sweet bread? Just for a couple hours over coals. Yeah. And the what they were saying is that it's going to be a stronger, more intense flavor. So if people don't like necessarily organ meat, you know, this may not, you know, it's not the sauce-covered, deep-fried, really pillowy, yeah. crispy texture. Mm-hmm. But it was really done so well, and you also have to imagine the quality of cows they're coming from, how mm-hmm. fresh they are. You yeah. know, it's like they could have been that morning coming out. Um, and they just finished it with lemon and some salt. That was it, and they were and They chopped them up, and they were really good. And I didn't think that they were – I mean, I actually thought that they were mild in a good way. Mild, like, definitely in a good like, way. Like they were really flavorful, but they weren't like – Anyone who's ever had sweet breads or is put off by the really strong flavor, these were not. These were like right. These were really. And good. usually, the reason why your sweet breads are not tasting that, I mean, are tasting kind of off and organy and weird, is probably just the quality of the meat. I think that's definitely. So if you have this, you know, best quality sweet bread, it's going to be that strong, rich flavor, but it's going to be. But then, what I don't know, what I don't know is what are are there different flavor profiles for different animals? Because this is beef, so I don't know. Like as far as the sweet bread, I've had other sweet breads that are that could be from other animals that I haven't sort of. Well, anything too, like if you're like, and this is going to be. A point I was about to make, but also you have. To, I would imagine that the pancreas coming out of like a sheep or a goat or anything that is intrinsically more grassy, yeah. more gamey, will kind of carry that in. Whether it, if it's mm-hmm. coming from the muscle, it's really going to be reflected in the organs. Yep. But what you know that mild in a good way flavor for some of kind of the more I don't want to say adventurous because that's not that's a fairly commonplace dish, but for some of the the less lesser commonly cooked cuts, especially at home or proteins. It was mild in a good way, and that their goat was fantastic, and it was not overly grassy. Yeah. It was really flavorful. Goat were, was amazing. You could tell it was goat, and when we were butchering some of them, you know, uh, we were taking some cuts off of the legs. We did a whole goat leg, and the she pulled off steaks that. Oh, we should also go into who was. Yeah, helping us cook and stuff. Yeah. She went and she We just off. did it all by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> You're left to your own devices. We had YouTube out on a yeah. laptop and we just kept pausing and playing. Um, I've seen no, Survivor. So the person who was teaching us, who we'll get into, pulled off one whole piece of muscle off of the while we were butchering, just grilled it within an inch. And it was, if you looked at it, it was deep red the whole way through, zero marble. Yeah. It was goat. And still, it came off absurdly tender and if you close your eyes and nobody told you what it was you thought it was a great steak mm. and everybody agreed and couldn't believe that this was just yeah. an unmarbled extremely lean steak that just came off a piece of goat leg and it tasted like i mean it was nuts wow so the goat was really amazing and the and the sweetbreads it was interesting too is like to watch them throw those things on the th- on the on the grill like because they do look like it does look like you just yanked it out of someone's skull and yeah. Yeah. threw it on there, like yeah, it had like an Indiana Indiana Jones temple. <laughs> yeah, doing by for sure. That's why there was extra guests. So we could, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this like, kept thinning out. You lose the lotto and your brain gets yanked out, uh-huh. and then we eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm smarter. I acquired all their all all of their knowledge, all their charbroiled knowledge. Or at least that's what I like to think. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was really good. And then I think there was like, and then. That was happening in the background, and then there was like an orientation, and then there was like a knife skills class, which I think is one of those things that's going to be interesting to different people. Yep. Some people are going to be like 
they know it or they they know enough of it um and other people are it could actually be like a a really good sort of basic yeah, you yeah, can yeah. tell that some people it never dice an onion which is why they're there mm-hmm. that's not a knock in any yeah. way you could see it like and then even for me who's got some basic knife skill class uh well andre was classes. like andre was probably the most out of all the guests um the most sort of knowledgeable so yeah. I tried, and I didn't. I didn't make that known. I I wasn't like well, you're you, doing it that, wrong, guys. That's what you. That's what you think, but but it's fine. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. It was. I mean, it was just. It. It wasn't even like in a bad way. It's just like yeah. you knew how to do stuff. But even even <clears throat> for that, I'm just giving you shit, <laughs> which I deserve. <laughs> but even for that, I picked up a few things in this very basic knife skills class. Yeah, like a, the garlic. A, a different way to turn over a garlic when you're dicing it to make it kind of easier to cut. And there's like a few things and tips, mm. and there's you know you never stop learning even the basics. Sure. So it wasn't like I wasn't like God. You're a culinary. Sponge. It was great, ready and, to learn. Yeah. Also, he was. It was. He the was amazing. Fireman was so fun. You're sitting in this beautiful <laughs> yeah. antique barn, and you're looking at goat legs out the door roasting. I mean, I could have been doing arithmetic. I could have been doing algebra homework, and I'd been like, "This is so much fun. I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> yeah. more algebra at home. I'm going to be honest, guys." <laughs> and then I don't. Oh, and then we broke down. Oh, then we cut up some steaks and pork chops. Yep. And then I think it was dinner time. Yeah. Because there's only like a half day. Did we have cocktails that night? Oh yeah, then there was like a cocktail class where yeah. they had a bartender up so there. So their whole thing was like all the alcohol pairing started once the knife classes were done. <laughs> Anytime you had a knife, like you, like, and that was a rule too, is like if you guys want to drink because you could grab beers here and there, it's like you guys can't participate in the knife stuff. Yeah, Which so that's sense. one thing. Don't yeah. don't like. Think yeah, you're going to be fair. hanging out with a Budweiser and all day long? Yeah, like, but, but they also the last thing they need is a lawsuit. They got the wine, beer, and cocktails going at a perfect time. Kind yeah. of like you're ready for one, and then there's still some education going on, but you're not cutting anything. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like you can, you know, grilling or hanging out. Obviously, a little somebody bit of like you could night. easily dice an onion while drunk, though. Probably. Yes, I could probably do <laughs> that. that. Was a, I mean, like, you're the best one there. It was. <laughs> it was he kept saying it. He's like, I can fucking do this drunk. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. For everybody listening, I was yeah. not an asshole at me, Cam. Please. Do it. So while he's really the, drunk. While he spent the night in jail, tell me what happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This, is where, this is where I can't tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. He I was put out. into the pig pen. <laughs> <laughs> he was put up with the pigs. And then, so then, right around, so they, they had a guy there who's a bartender, mixologist. Mixologist from San Francisco yeah. who had a nice, like, menu of cocktails. You have a nice mustache. He didn't. Did he was. He had no facial hair. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. He's part weary, of the new wave ahead. of. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fourth wave of mythology. Yeah. Um, Stash free. So he he showed us how to make some simple drinks, and then once we were done, then it was time to sit down for dinner, and then it was. Oh, they'd also the other thing they did. So when we came out, the coals. So we first come out. The coals were probably about like. I don't know. It had to be about five feet by three feet. Like there was a little trough, na- little trough, and they had the they had the squash. They had a bunch of these big squash. They had the goat, but they also were cooking. Just dropped out on the coals was a, a Dutch oven with uh, beans and a lamb's oh, neck. We forgot to mention that Ooh. that was there yes. when we got there. So that, that was in there when we got already. there too. Yeah. So sitting so in that the coals, had been cooking at a real low temperature. Just a, beans just a big and, Dutch oven with lamb neck and beans. Yeah. Slowly cooking away. Yeah. That's nice. So by the time we hit dinner, there was the beans, which were amazing. Unbelievable. The goat, which was really great. 
And you're getting, you know, the great thing with the goat too is you're getting all those different textures. Is you're getting those really crispy pieces, then you're getting some of the, you know, sort of thicker meat pieces and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they prepared it really specifically to it too. And we broke it down in the kitchen. And that's just, this is what's fun too. You know, it's like you've been watching it cook, and then they're showing you this whole cooked goat leg or four of them. And so they're showing you breaking off crispy pieces, going into the leg and the thigh, cutting out some, like, and the meat's so tender already. But so they did, like, a cubed goat thigh chimichurri, so big, thick chunks of, like, basically tossed steak, which was really great. And then some of the stuff, some of the skin and the meat closer to the skin, which was cooked perfectly and still very tender, was kind of prepared on its own, just in its, like, own au jus. And so you're getting, you're kind of tasting all the way up all the different textures, like you said, the different meats, and showing you how to, you know, prepare, or at least pull them apart and dress them properly. And then the basting of the goat, the other thing I forgot is the, and I got pictures of Andre doing it, there's like a little terracotta bowl about, you know, I mean, no one can see this, but it's like, (laughs) I don't know, about like half a, yes, half foot across. Seven, eight inches high Mm -hmm. and full of butter and they were using a a sage twig a sage twig and so you're so a little branch of sage leaves on the stem yeah and you dip that in the little trough of butter you're basting and every baste. half hour yeah oh yes <laughs> oh yes and then when they finally pulled the squash off they pulled the squash squash out chopped it up and then they pulled that sage leaf out and dripped a bunch mm, of butter on yeah. the plate so and that like, was really good, so too. So that been touching, obviously, the meat because you're brushing it. So it's got, like, a little bit of, like, the rendered yeah. goat fat mixed in with, mm. you know, the sage having gotten heated and sitting in that warm butter. And Yeah, great. I love when they when they do the whole big old gourd yeah. on, on, just right onto the coals. And it'll just sit there and cook for a long, long time. And they break it open. And the outside's just black and destroyed. And the inside is perfectly... Yeah. This was split. They actually had it split. Okay. So when we got there, they were all split in half. And uh, the bottoms were on the coal. And then at a certain point, um, they they had like a... It's like a... I don't know. It's like it's kind of like a TV. There's like two bars on 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 that big trough. There was like a bar that ran across the whole top. And then they just had on chains. It was like a this little grill platter. And so they raised them up and flipped them over to cook the other side. Mm. Let them cook skin side down for a while or meat side down. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. And I can't remember what else. I think there was, there was a, a salad. salad that came yeah. Out. That was good. Um, you were like, there was a salad and there were salads with every salad camp, every meal and they're all great. But we, you know, we didn't prepare any of the dressings for the salad or make the salad. So I feel like that's why we kind of like, they showed up and we ate it and it was great. There's a chef there. Yeah, a really Lou, great chef. Lou, our man Lou. Who makes all the broths and a bunch of the stuff. All the prepared stuff that goes to their Northern California stores because they've got, I think, three or four in Northern California and then three or four down here in, in uh, Southern California. So, yeah, he does all the bone broths and the, the prepared stuff that's in there fresh each day. Doubled ham. And there's some yep. really nice wine. And yeah, a dessert, and it was all. Let's talk about breakfast. It was lovely. Oh, okay, breakfast so then we go to sleep insane. together. There's like one small bed. I and, read. I read yeah. Scott a story. He read me a story. <laughs> get in. I cried a lot. Yeah, we cried a lot. I, you guys uh, did. The I nuzzled in his York, chest. New York Times crossword puzzle on the iPad. <laughs> yeah. We fell did. Asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then bright and early. There's coffee at seven. 
And we got up pretty close to seven. I mean, yeah. the sun's coming up, but you're also like, what's going to happen to me camp now? Yeah. So you're like, bing! <coughs> yeah. yeah, when you're out there, you're kind of sleeping and waking up with the, uh, with the moon and the sun. Slept well, slept a few times, heard some animal noises, which is, you know, getting out of LA yeah. is super fun. You know, you're hearing coyotes and things. Because you're right, kind of, there, you're right there, like, all the, like, from where you're stationed, like, the, all their geese and all their turkeys are basically right there. Mm. So they've got different, all the geese and the turkeys are right there, and then the pigs are a little ways off. Um, but you're right in the middle of the farm, so you could hear that. But then you get up, there's 7 o'clock was coffee, and then... And then you could either work out or not. Yeah, eight so seven o'clock coffee service, um, which started with you know pour over station already out is granola, Strauss yogurt, a big cast iron kettle of bone broth yeah. boiling over a fire. So you ladle bone broth with your coffee. There's tea out. Mm. It's kind of like a light, a very light breakfast service. Pre breakfast. If, if you wanted a little bit before the workout at eight, and then eight to nine is the workout, and then. Nine, they're kind of doing a little bit of breakfast prep while you're working out, or you could not work out and do the breakfast prep, which I did one morning. Um, and then you're coming out at nine, and boom, it's like breakfast is going on, and it's yeah. phenomenal. They have their sauce, they're like their sausages, yeah. There's like cinnamon rolls made in frying Scr- pans, yeah, scratch cinnamon rolls and cast iron, yeah. And then so, um. The first day it was like an egg dish. I can't remember. Yeah, what it, was. it was fantastic. You were there. You you did not. That, that was the morning I skipped boot camp. Yeah. Well, I was getting okay. So the people that were there with us. Nobody's judging you, but you. I'm, but that's, uh, I mean, that's. Um, but so the people that were there, the main people teaching us was the CEO Anya Fernald, and then uh, the pre- the president now uh, Bronwyn. Uh, where is it? It's okay to not necessarily. Her name is Bronwyn Hannah Corpy. Yeah, <laughs> which even she jokes about being the most not the easiest Bronwyn name. Bronwyn Hamacorpi. Hannah. Hannah Corpy. Hannah Corpy. Bronwyn Hannah Corpy. Yeah, and both it's real of them. NPR name. Yeah, yes. exactly. But and both of them could not have been more enjoyable to be around. Um, the least dismissive to any question, they were engaging regardless of what you asked, and they were just they made the camp. They really did make the camp. I mean. They it definitely did. Like it, they create, you know, like anytime you go to something like that, it's like who's ever running it is going to create the tone pretty quickly. Sure. Like I come on this podcast, it's like yeah, you know, yeah. it's like please and everything changes and everything changes. <laughs> <laughs> and I tilt the whole thing in the mm-hmm. wrong direction. Mm-hmm. There's an energy shift. Um, but you know, you come on and you're, you know, you're sort of responding to what they, what they, you know, you immediately learn like are they they're. They're, they are super down to earth. Like they're just Completely. like you. Just kind of like it was very easy to ease into it, and they were pretty laid back. And like it was just easy to sort of fall into it and have like a good time. Mm-hmm. A, and a you good know, time. It's like um, you know. I think Anya's been a uh, re- reoccurring guest on uh, Iron Chef, and like you know, like as a as a judge. Mm. I mean, and I didn't My know that job. much. Ab- I didn't know that much about her. And I'm not saying that this is a qualification as far as you know. It means you're a good cook, or you, you know you should be teaching these kind of things. She was a fantastic cook, but um, you know it's like somebody that you could imagine being a little dismissive of something or not kind of giving a hundred percent just because you show up to camp. They're like, yeah, whatever. Hi, here for ten minutes. I'll see you in six hours when dinner's served. You can talk to me for an hour. Goodbye. Right. It's like there wasn't a time. She was they not were... a Padma Lakshmi. No, no, <laughs> she was not. <laughs> there wasn't a time that we were doing anything that they weren't around teaching us and yeah. being friendly about. So. 
my point was like, okay, so they're cooking breakfast, and Anya's there, and I'm like, Scott questions, and I'm really excited about what we're cooking and what we've been doing. So then boot camp started. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay here and hang out and talk about food. He didn't technically <laughs> do that. He what? basically just didn't show up, which I didn't care. Once again, like, you're judging yourself. Right. I went to what, what do you do in the boot camp? It was like kettleballs and shit like that. Oh, dope. It was rough, yeah. It was not it was not something that like like I you know yeah, I, but you're a workout. I know guy. my yeah, I know you my know way it. around a, a gym and it was that's why I was like it was no joke. Really? I was like, yeah. I was it that's was cool. I like it that. It was a serious workout. They had a guy the guy there, this guy Ash, is like Ash uh, is awesome. And he does he leads the workout, but he's also like um was teaching before, like teaching me stretches from some places that are sore. After Andres and I night alone, I was like, yeah, yeah, certain sure things that we wanted to some tender spots. Yeah, yep. And uh, so I'm sure there's some digestion related stretching as well. Yeah, for processing all that meat inside of you. And then, and I liked it because then it was like it did help. Then I did want to eat breakfast, right? Like yeah, you, just to you, get uh, something you in your supper, exactly. And then breakfast was like I think they call it eggs in purgatory, but so they're starting out with an Italian sofrito that they. They, that is a base for a lot of the things they cook up there, mm-hmm. um, which they cook down for two hours, and they just have in big... Both women spent a lot of time, just like as a yeah, preface, both women spent a lot of time in Italy um, mm-hmm. living there. So Six, seven years. There's definitely yeah. like an Ita- what Italian What goes into the influence. Italian sofrito? It's just celery, carrots, and onion cooked mm. down. Yeah. But, you know, like a, a Cuban or um, a, like a Puerto Rican sofrito will have bell pepper and mm. some other seasonings. It's so it's just basic. cooked down and it's super Ours. caramelized and soft yeah. and yeah. full of flavor. They actually blend it, too. I so thought I thought they did. I don't know. Um, that, and that was usually like a couple tablespoons. Of that was a base for a, a, multiple things that we cooked, and it was great. But so that was started with that sofrito and some olive oil in a cast iron pan and then uh, some... Some crushed tomato. Mm-hmm. Or actually, they were they were shredding it on like a box grater. They were oh, grating okay. it. So they grated a bunch of tomatoes, nice. threw that in there, let that cook down. Mm-hmm. And after about an hour, they kind of made some pockets in it and started cracking eggs into those pockets. Mm-hmm. So those eggs are basically slowly poaching. And she was saying, you know, cooking over the fire to kind of get the whites to solidify and not overcook the yolks, you have to pull it on and off a few times. To let it cool, then let it heat back up. Cool, let it heat back up because sure. the white is what's going to be touching the bottom closest. Uh, like when you're making a, a scrambled egg, a soft, yeah, scramble, soft scramble. You're always on yeah. and off the heat. Um, so those, you know, that was one dish along with. Um, they cooked up a bunch of their sausage from Oakland, and then yeah, their breakfast yeah. sausage, their maple yeah, maple can, breakfast sausage. Yeah, yeah, really good. It all was it was. Good stuff. And that's still while there's coffee service and homemade granola and yeah. yogurt and bone broth going, and it's like you know, what what was the the crown jewel meal? The uh, charcuterie. Have, the charcuterie was probably the crown jewel. As far as the meal goes, I think the the goat was actually yeah that was the one that sort of was the best thing. Mm-hmm. A little lamb on the last day. We did a braised lamb dish that we broke down whole lamb legs for. That was phenomenal. That was a braise. And again, that sofrito, some of their homemade chicken stock. And then we toasted some cumin, some pepper. coriander seed, yeah. black peppercorn, some salt. And garlic. Garlic and chili arbol into a, um, into a mocajete. So toasted the seeds, then ground it. Wait, no. We ground them raw and then toasted We ground it, them raw. Toasted into a pan. And then after we'd... Uh 
browned all the meat and some lemons. We uh, some quartered lemons. Then they actually, um, you know, the word um, de uh, oh, yeah, deglaze the pan with all the, the spices. Off. Yeah. Okay. And then after that happened, then all the lamb went back in, and then a bunch of chicken stock, and then they stuck it in the oven, and that was delightful. Yeah, that <laughs> was just a just a treat. But I had never browned lemons. This is one of like there were you know I've done a lot of braising. You're always learning things, regardless of whether you're at meat camp or you're at somebody's house whose food you like. I mean, you never stop learning things wherever you are. Sure. You do not need to go to something like meat camp to pick up amazing tips and things that will, you'll carry through with your cooking life. But I had never put in quartered lemons while I was browning meat to get that kind of to get that conversation and that char on the lemons before they sit. I've braised with lemons before, but not basically yeah. browned lemons along with it and you know, who knows how much it helped or, or you know, but it didn't hurt and nope. it was fantastic. So I have to imagine there's something there. And it looks cool. It looks like, yeah, it looked exactly like when you, you know, you do a hot pork chop. You just slice a lemon in half and stick each half next to the mm-hmm. pork chop while it's cooking. Yeah. You pull it off and it's caramelized and, and browned and it's beautiful and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was great. That was really And that was on the way out. That was like lunch on the way out. Yeah. And if you're not a huge, just like the goat, it's like their lamb. Very delicate, yeah. Very mild, but still extremely. You know, when we keep saying mild, you know, to us, we're assuming that you know you that you've had maybe lamb or goat that you didn't like because it was too grassy or too gamey in the way that that meat can be. So all the meat was exceptionally flavorful, but when we say mild, we're meaning in those elements that mostly when people don't like the meat, that's what they kind of talk mm. about the flavor profile that they don't enjoy. Yeah. So that's when you know the meat was insanely good. Now, now that you guys are back home, are you having no. withdrawals from not being able to cook like this? I'm having withdrawals from sleeping next to Scott. Yeah, <laughs> I miss him every night. That's like, are you, Scott, I'm like a shining well, light. Andre, you you live in a house that does not have the ability to do that kind of no. outdoor cooking. I've got a condo. You've got a just a balcony. stunning condo that's great, but it doesn't have any outdoor <laughs> uh, any outdoor cooking capabilities. Yeah. But Scott, you have. A I have nice a healthy yard, yeah. Backyard. I could just What's build your address? Yeah. It's so um, listeners can say it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I have a decent sized yard. We talked about it when we were up there. Yeah. I and mean, we grill at the house all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been a part of it. Yeah. You've been a part of many of them. We just have a we little Weber. Suppers. We're going to do Saturday supper tonight. Yeah. We just have a little Weber. Thanks for the fucking invite, guys. Yeah. Just it's kidding. Just right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have, we just got a little Weber. I mean, I was, I remember because I was going to get a big green egg because I was in Dallas doing a job, and um, when I was stuck there on weekends, I one of the guys I was working with they had one, and I was like, oh, it was great. But I was also like, I try, I, like I I used to be more like go buy the really expensive thing, and then like sort of, and I was like, oh, no, like let's just get like start small and like we yeah. bought this little Weber for a Master couple hundred the Weber, bucks. Move yeah, on yeah. to the egg if you feel like you are not. You feel like you need to. If you feel like you need to. Yeah, the big green egg is a lot of money and it's a lot of a lot of cookery. Yeah. And yeah. you can do a lot with that. I mean, you know, I think for people who are like who covet the egg, it's like or or even people that don't have that kind of money, it's like you can do a lot with that Weber. 
Absolutely. Oh, like yeah, it's a yeah, nice yeah. little piece of I equipment. Think that's for 99 And I got it in a really nice, like, little color. It's like maroon or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a sweet cherry red that we got. Yeah. The baller hardware. I got a hipster one, yeah. Hipster web. I did. It's got a mustache, like a curled, waxed mustache. Plays the shins. Yeah. No, really excites me about Weber's these days. So are you going to install some type of cast iron fire pit style? We've been talking about it. They had... They had Scott, Scott might, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to build a fire room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the interesting thing with the goat is like when you get there and they're cooking the goat and stuff like that, it's like it's really just like you could do that anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you would just need something to... Sort of lean Rest it against the, you need swords or something sword like, yeah, kind of like sword like, and lean like against. those javelins on your wall. But he was, but like Scott was saying, like if we could have a little fuel box or even just figure out some way to be burning wood like that, and you have that little, you have it's far away from where we would do it, but you have that little wood burning mm-hmm. thing, fireplace thing outside. But you could just do it in, you know, he's got a couple um, garden beds. That aren't being planted right now. Mm-hmm. That's enough space just to lay a bunch of hot coal into. Yeah, and you just then need prop it up and a then little. You know, just need space. Eight by eight chunk of land that won't light on fire. There were a lot of things up there that made it easier. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, I mean, th- this you is could, basically coming from a tradition of these are like what cowboys are doing on the trail. Yeah, they're burning wood. I mean, I was cooking in, meat, and you don't. I mean, you could technically do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to uh, have gone to. Prior to this, I'd been in Argentina. Mm. Um, I was like fly fishing with my dad. We were trout fishing, and there was a few occasions where they would have some of the places that we were going to would have gauchos like like cooking while you're fishing. So you'd go way out and and onto these rivers, and as you were out there, they're out there cooking, and they're just they're doing it all from scratch. So like they're just building a fire. And going and making blood sausage and all the rest of the stuff. Ooh, yes. And then they would have wine and beer. And they would um, do this thing where they would take a hunk of fat. Um, and they would hang it, like, on a tree above the table that we were sitting. And all the flies would basically, they were like, all oh. the flies would kind of, and the bees would go up to it. Oh, to wow. keep them off the food. It was like, get a really nice, glisteny cooked piece of yeah. fat. It's like, give them what they want, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. give the people what they want. Give the and you just hang that up there. There's a little like yeah, but it was like watch. So it was interesting because I'd seen them do it, and that same thing like just hours and hours and hours. But it's like there are really there are really simple ways to do it. Like those are just like even just like a if you just built a fire on the ground and built some kind of really rudimentary elevated piece of gr- like grate that could sort of sit. Like they weren't, mm-hmm. they didn't have wheels turning so they could adjust right. the levels. Like it was just a fixed, right? Like level, and they were using the coals to like. It was probably like, I would say it was like twelve to thirteen inches high, mm-hmm. and they were just more knew how to deal with the coals. Like they weren't dealing with the temperature. Like they're not raising it up and down. They're just like using the coals to adjust the temperature constantly, and that you, food was amazing. Do you have a plan to do something like that at at home soon? Not yet. I'm going to go buy a, a, a goat leg and a sword and get it going. We were, we were, we were talking about it a lot. Yeah. You just thought when we left Because that's how I would feel just from having this conversation, you know, and you guys saw, saw I would it love down. To, I would love to try to do it. I'm sure part of you has the desire to be like, I'm going to give this a shot myself and see if I can pull it off. I think we definitely will. I think 
It's one of those things, too, where that's one of the beauties about meat camp is that that's the only thing you have to do. And that's the only thing you have to think about. And you can't go anywhere else. Nobody can ask you to come over, do a favor, do an errand. Like, you're up there. You're you're just there in mm-hmm. the zone. You're knee-deep in, in meat. Highway Nipple the, high in meat. You're in the highway to the meat zone. <laughs> but, like, when, you know, Scott and I, were, we are going to do it. And we can't wait to do it. But it's one of those moments where living in L.A., Scott works long hours, five days a week right now on a, on a job. And it's like, you think, like, okay, do you want to do, you wanna do the ghost leg on Saturday? The go like on I Saturday, think what Jason's like, saying is, when are you doing it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I can He's make sure asking asking if you're oh, doing you know, it or if we do it. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll, do a, we'll do an on-site podcast. I think we just we take a little bit of prep right. to get the right material. But it's like, hey, do you want to roast a goat leg Saturday? You're like, oh, well, then I got this thing Friday night, and then Saturday I was going to – I got the trainer, and then a friend of mine wanted me to – it's like putting together you also an, gotta a, put a you, 12-hour cook day with prep yeah. included. Right, right, you're right. just like – and you're home, and you've got your wife and your dogs and your kids, and you're like – how do I really block out an entire one day of my week? One, don't have do kids, like, yeah. which is what <laughs> I did. So, like, <laughs> same like here. that's what. So that makes it you know, easier. Without children, people, that's how you cook goats all day. <laughs> that's like if we take anything from this podcast. Yeah, if you like cooking goats. You want to cook goats? Don't have, don't kids. have kids. Sniff it. Yeah. <laughs> tie to tube. Your, you know, tie your tubes. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> tube camp. Two camp. Can you guys talk about how much it costs you to do this? Sure. You feel? Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't care. Right that? Yeah. yeah. I think it was fourteen hundred a person, uh, and we, there's an early bird discount when you book, so it was a thousand bucks for us. But that may have changed. The prices may have changed since. I we think did the it. early bird is fourteen hundred. Um, mm. I think it. Like, here's the other thing: is that we were the second meat camp ever. Okay. Yeah. Not to say that there hasn't been other meat camps out in the world. Sure. Um, but we were the second one. So they're still in the process, I think, of yeah. working out the kinks, experimenting with how long, mm-hmm. how much, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it wasn't like. So I think going forward, the is it available bird. to everybody? No, but I think it's like, it's really about if it's something that, if it's something that appeals to you upon reading it or hearing about it, mm-hmm. then it's like, I would say, you know, the then it was worth it. Like, you know, that's the big thing whenever you spend that kind of money. It's like, is that you go up there and go like, well, is this going to be, am I going to feel like this is worth it? I mean, sure. by the time we, by, by the time we went to bed the first night, it was like, not that it was worth it already, but it was definitely like, oh, this is like, right. this is ex- I'm happy with our, uh, with exactly. Our it was almost like we were, we were in such a good mood after the first day and what we did and how much fun we were having, especially because of everybody, not just the, just not because of Anya and Bronwyn who were there, but every one of their staff was really nice without yeah. being without being insincere. Kind of like, oh yeah, can I get you? Like they were like nice, but also sincere and seemed to be happy to be there too. And that's you know yeah. I think they kind of it was super that laid vibe. back. And you get a, the, you get a farm tour. We're like if we left tomorrow, yeah. if some storm came, I would in, want. It'd been like that yeah. sucks, but yeah. like that was worth it. That's that night was so much fun. There was so much going on. It's all outdoors, big outdoor dining. And for too. that money, you get lodging, you get all the food you can drink, all the I mean, all the food you can eat and all everything. The, yeah, all you know, you can drink. Two nights, three days. For two nights, three days. Yeah, and then obviously all the knowledge all of, and skills yeah. And, yeah. and power that yeah, and they, you, they're lessons, giving you handouts of what you're food, cooking. the booze, networking, workout. The networking was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I sold two shows while I was up yeah. there. <laughs> I created a company or bankrolled. <laughs> um, they, you do get a farm tour also. Yeah. Like they kind of drive you around. Farm and, tour along with their the head of their 
animal care. I'm, I forget the term now. But basically, the animal care range technician. <laughs> you, you guys are both certified veterinarians <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. You delivered um, a few babies. Birds to calf. But this was again because everybody, you, when you talk to them, they have amazing answers to your cooking questions and butchery questions. And this guy who gave the tour, Ron, who was fantastic. You could ask him the most specific question about the breeding of the animal they were doing, the crop rotation, the pasture rotation, their water irrigation, to any kind of any kind of level of, of discussion, and he had yeah. amazingly um, acceptable and and articulate in, answers. Articulate, but yeah. also like very um, succinct and and kind of layman answers too, in a way that mm-hmm. like he didn't go he didn't go off the farm on technical questions and terms he wouldn't understand. He Got explained it, it yeah. extremely well. But he's also, he's been in the agricultural and, and farm ra- uh, animal raising business for 40 yeah. years, too. So it was, all, it, was, it was all quite lovely. I think by the end of this podcast, I'm going to send this episode to Bel Campo <laughs> and see if they'll give me a free trip for this great infomercial Don't that we've done for them. Don't forget to be Scott as well. Yeah, we were here. Yeah, I'm here. Sure. Uh, hey, I'm your co-pilot. What's going on here? Last, lastly, Scott, we'll close out with your, with your beer, beer lifestyle. Yes. You, um, you are uh, in partnership with a brewery in Vancouver. I am, VC. Yeah, I grew up, I moved to... I grew up, I mean, I, from the time I was 10 till I was 18, I was lived in, just outside of Vancouver, B.C. Solid days. Solid days. Those are the fucking, the salad days. Yeah, right. sorry. Your accent. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, those are my formative years. We're right up there. Mm-hmm. That was good. <laughs> um, and so my sister lives up there um, with my nieces. And so um, one of her really close friends, her husband, they have three rest, four restaurants in Vancouver, and uh, the Cascade Room. I'm not gonna remember them all. I'm gonna remember one, the Cascade Room, and then Love a couple it. other ones. And so they had started brewing beer um, when I was up, and I tasted this Pilsner. And then when it finally was gonna go wider, and they were gonna build a tasting room in a brewery downtown. Um, some friends of mine, we all bought in, and uh, now I'm part of a brewery, and we won a couple of awards. What's the brewery called? Main Street Brewery. Main Street Brewery. Yeah, it's right off of Main Street. <laughs> Great <laughs> At the corner of Main Street <laughs> yeah. and Main Ave. Yeah, um, yeah. we've been open for over a year, and uh, we're only in B.C. right now. Mm-hmm. We're sort of, you know, <clears throat> we're in restaurants, bars, liquor stores in B.C., um, you know, the tasting room, um, is great. Cause you can go, I mean, the, the, the Pilsner, a Pilsner, a sessional IPA and a, and a nut brown ale are kind of the main three that mm-hmm. we constantly brew. And then, you know, the tasting room always has uh, varietals and stuff that are just short, um, just small mm-hmm. batch stuff. Um, but we've been open for a year. Uh, we're going to try to expand. I mean, I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring a bunch down when I go up for Christmas. Yeah, when when do you think it's going to hit the states? That I don't know. We're trying to work out. We're probably going to continue our rollout across Canada first, and mm-hmm. then basically, you know, there is a there's kind of a point where um, it's all about how much you can, you know. Then you right now where we're at, we can only generate so much beer in the space we're in, mm-hmm. and so there's like you get to a point where you have to sort of like look at making a larger investment to sort of. 
We yeah. have to hit up Daddy Warbucks again for some more seed cash if Jeez. we want to spread to Saskatoon. Exactly. <laughs> Scotty Beardbucks. Exactly. I got that email. <laughs> word for word. <laughs> Which is shocking. But yeah, I did. Uh, I got into that. It's great. I love it. And it was on an episode of Brewdogs. It was on. We were on. A, we were on like Brewdogs. I think it's done. I think they stopped. Oh, it hasn't aired yet? I think. I, no, it has aired. Okay. You can see it online. But there's the Vancouver, BC episode. They do okay. a hot cocoa beer. If you want to see it, brew dogs on the small. Or screen. you can go to I think it's MainStreetBeer.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go check it out, and you can it, see what the beer looks like. It's <laughs> what it looks like, um, but yeah, hopefully we'll have it. I hope we have it in the states late next year. Hopefully, right. And if you live in Vancouver, keep your eyes peeled. If you live it. in Vancouver, go do that. And if you go to Vancouver, do you ever go to Vancouver? Yeah, I go up there. Did you ever go to Meat and Bread? never been if you go go to meat and bread okay um it's a they they really only do a couple of different sandwiches but the main one they do if you walk into the counter they make their own bread and they do this um they have a little oven wood oven where they're making porchetta mm-hmm. and if you get there at the right time like i just happened to get there at the right time where they pulled the porchetta out mm-hmm. and they start chopping it up and they chop up that that crispy skin yep. and they make that sandwich and their own sauce. And it's like oh, yeah. unbelievable. I think they're opening one in Seattle too. Okay. Um, so it's something to check out. It's one of my favorite sandwiches in Vancouver in the world. It was, it was a dynamite sandwich. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> it was TNT right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for, for coming down and potting with us. I'm, you know what? It's been awesome. I don't want to be on it every week. You're a national You're the treasure, best, Scott. <laughs> yeah, you I want to be. More. I want to be the creepy, quiet guy <laughs> from now on. All right, this is the most talking you'll ever have to do. I want to be on all the rest of the shows, but I don't want to say anything. You're, you'll you just do. It. You're coming back on. Man. You'll do some grunting. Your mic may or may not be turned on. Yeah, I'll I'll we do didn't it. Tell you that part. I do want. I do. Wanna, I there is a. When I was in Paris, I did have a steak that's like one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. What kind of steak? It was a it was an aged ribeye. We had gone to this. We were, I uh, uh, we had gone. I picked up my wife after work. I have to fly back and forth for work right now, and so I picked her up, and she was in like she'd been walking around Paris all day, and she was, and I was like. I don't want to eat the same brasserie that were around. I was like, you know, they're okay, but I was like, I want to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And so I'd found this place online, and it was like, it looked a little more modern, like smaller portions and stuff. I was like, oh, it looks good. There's a couple of good reviews. And so it was called Nejdete, and I was like, oh, let's just go there. So we walked like three or four blocks, and we turned down the street, and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be here. And then we show up, and it's like, it's all white inside and all black on the exterior, and it's like an all Japanese waitstaff. Mm. And so we're like, we walk in, and and it's obviously not the place you go like right after work after or run. after in the right. like. It's less than casual. But we walked in, and I was like, "Oh fuck it!" Like I was like, "Do you have a table? We don't have reservations." No idea. It was like a seven course prefix, <laughs> and they kind of like they kind of brought us in this back room in the corner. I don't know if it was intentional, but 
We were right. obviously just not. Just taped up a trash bag in front of the table <laughs> yeah. and let it hang yeah. from the ceiling. <laughs> There's a sign in front of us that just said, like, helping the homeless. Or like, said, yeah. Coins kept hitting our table yeah. while we were eating. I couldn't figure it out. Apologizing to all the customers that yeah. came in. In French, and we were, like, waving at everybody. <laughs> yeah. going, like, hi. So, like it too. So, yeah, it's so, so great. Um, we sat down, and it was, like, a phenomenal meal. And the sweetbreads, that was where the sweetbreads were, that mm. I mentioned before. And there was like a salmon tartare and the sweetbreads, and there was like a lobster tail. And it's a Japanese guy who's you know using who has cooked in France for years, and he's using like Japanese technique and sort of marrying it with French food. But at the beginning, they're like, there's two tasty meals, and one of them was a uh, aged ribeye, and they bring it out. And it looked great. And we we're like, oh, screw it, we'll do it. And they um, so that was like the last thing. We we're both a little bit full, um, and this is where it's like. You know, your senses take over because mm-hmm. um, I was full, but they brought it out. They had charred it. They like it had the char on each side and it looked beautiful, but it was like on a like a hay or a grass or a dried grass mm-hmm. that was smoking. And it's like one of the best smells I've ever smelled in my life. Mm. And then I was like ready to rip shit. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> You got your appetite back. Real oh quick. yeah, but it was one of like when they when they brought it out to other tables. I was like felt like I was like leaning away from my table just to like oh like steal like, their uh, like Pepe smell. Le Pew on the uh, scent. It was You're... so. It was like one of the best smells I've ever smelled. Mm. It was really and the steak was phenomenal. Like really great. Some flavor. charred meat and some smoky burning hay. Yeah, of really, the earth, the earth and the meat. Shove together. Well, I'm hungry now, Scott. <laughs> so if you're in Vancouver, hit up Main Street Brewery. If you're in yeah. Paris, be sure to hit up Nejdete. 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 Two hot tips for you guys out there. If or you, go to Meat and Bread, which I definitely. If you live anywhere else, just you have a. If you live in Iowa, if you live in Iowa, if you live in Iowa, go to uh, cider the cider house. That's right. He also has a steak in. Uh, I own a steak in the cider part of it. But they have a, it's like a brew pub, and we do like a really dry cider. But we won Best Burger in Iowa from the Cattlemen's Association. It's called the Cider House. I will never be in Iowa, hopefully. I'll go to Iowa for that burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have not been, and like, I'm getting ready to go. (laughs) I'm like trying (laughs) to figure out the moment. Let us know. You might be in Iowa. Lamp in Iowa. Come on, man. Mm -hmm. Do they have buildings and houses and stuff like that? They do. It's like, it's in this town that I'm like, (laughs) I'm just kidding. They do. They do. They have three. They have three houses, houses. six buildings, and this place. Iowa, if you're listening. There's actually like. I don't have podcasts there yet. I can't remember the name of the town. I'm totally blanking. But it's the it's like the transcendental meditation capital of the United States. There's a big Ooh. university there, so it's wow. not all you know. It's not all Cowboys yeah. Association not all business. Queers over there in Iowa. <laughs> yes, yes. We have our special word that we repeat <laughs> to calm ourselves. Meat. 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 <laughs> all right, Scott. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you like this show, please go on iTunes and give us a subscription or a nice rating and review. Tell a friend if you think they'd like this. All the episodes also live on thestewpodcast.com. You could follow me on social media at them jeans. Andre Conaparo has no social media. I don't have any. Scott Mosier does. I do. What's your Instagram? S a s a m o s i e r s a Mosier s a Mosier. Yeah, you can go there, and then my 
Twitter is something. <laughs> Google Scott Mosier Twitter. Yeah. You'll find it, and you can also Mosier, listen to his I podcast. Think. I think it's, yeah, then it's just S-M-O-S-I-E-R is my Twitter handle. Bill. And if you haven't heard it, listen to Smogcast because it's hysterical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pod classic. Where we say really filthy things. Yes. Okay. Yeah, if you're a mother <laughs> yeah. or a grandmother, <laughs> yeah. you know, unless you're ready. Uh, unless you want to get deep. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.